All right, so I'm Haitian. Both of my parents were born in Haiti, and growing up Haitian, one thing we really take pride in is the Haitian Revolution. It's when formerly enslaved people rose up and defeated not just the French army, but the British and the Spanish over the course of about 12 years, ending in 1804. The man who ultimately led Haiti to win the revolution was Jean-Jacques Dessalines. He's one of Haiti's founding fathers. In fact, he might be the person Haitians are most proud of because of how defiantly he stood against white supremacy. After the revolution, Dessalines established a capital city for the new country, and he named it after himself. Today, the town of Marchand Dessalines is literally surrounded by its history in the form of forts Dessalines built to keep his new capital safe. I'm Baudelaire, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're talking to one of Jean-Jacques Dessalines' direct descendants to learn more about Haiti's beloved liberator and the town that bears his name. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So my name is Louis J. August. I'm a surgeon practicing for the past 40 years. Dr. Louis J. August lives in the U.S. now. But he was born in Haiti, and he's committed to supporting the people of Haiti. He donates regularly to Haitian hospitals and medical schools, and he mentors Haitian doctors who are on the ground. And that passion for helping the people of Haiti makes sense, because Dr. August is also the great-great-great-great-grandson of Jean-Jacques Dessalines. Dr. August only found out about that family connection as an adult. I didn't know that until I came to the United States. I was always passionate about my family history. And I was able to go back as far as 1791 on my mother's side of the family. In studying the genealogy on his maternal side, Dr. August discovered that he was a descendant of Louisine Dessalines, a child Jean-Jacques had with his mistress, Femi Daguil. Wow, how did that feel? (laughs) Like to find that out? Well, it was uh, exciting. That was, you know, sometimes when you do uh, genealogic studies, sometimes you... Uh, hit a, a limit, uh, like you can't go beyond it. 
And then so it was very exciting. And then suddenly it's a, it's a uh, pride, you know, to be descendant of such a great man. Nobody is entirely sure where Dessalines was born, but what we do know is that he was born into slavery and didn't know freedom until his early 30s. That's when the Haitian Revolution broke out. Dessalines rose up the ranks pretty quickly in the early years of the war until he was second in command to Toussaint Louverture, the original leader of the Haitians. When Toussaint was captured by the French in 1802, Dessalines was the obvious successor as leader of the army. He led the rebels to a victory and declared independence from France on January 1st, 1804. Now the leader of a brand new nation, Dessalines had a lot to figure out. He decided to name the new country Aiti, which is a native Taino word meaning mountainous land. He also had to figure out what his title would be. He landed on emperor. He became an emperor because I think in a way uh, he was a model of uh, government that was prevalent uh, in, uh, in Europe. You were either a king or an emperor. But there's a bit more to that. Dessalines had beaten Napoleon's army during the revolution, and he heard that Napoleon was planning to crown himself emperor of the French Empire. So, in sort of a petty but hilarious move, Dessalines beat him to it and had his own ceremony in October of 1804, beating Napoleon's by a couple of months. But names and titles wouldn't keep Haiti safe. Being a nation born out of a successful slave revolt, Haiti's existence threatened the institution of slavery all around the world. And Dessalines knew that the powers of Europe all had a vested interest in seeing Haiti fail and the Africans be returned to slavery. So now as leader, Dessalines knew he had to do his best to fortify the island, and this started with the capital. During the war, Dessalines was for the most part stationed in central Haiti, in what's called the Artibonite region. And he liked it. There's a lot of rivers flowing through it that the citizens can make use of. And back then, and even to today, the area is Haiti's rice basket, producing enough rice for the whole country. And like the rest of Haiti, there's mountains everywhere that make it hard for armies to just march through with all their weapons and artillery. Dessalines decided the town of Marchand in the heart of the Artibonite region would make a perfect and safe capital for the new country. Because the strategy was... If the, the French were to come back, they probably would come back by sea. It probably would be impossible to resist them on the uh, coastal cities. But uh, the idea was to move to the uh, mountains and then to uh, carry the resistance from that position. Dessalines knew what the French were capable of and the resources that they had. So he went on the defensive. He asked all his generals that they were with him to erect you know, fortifications throughout the country that would enable him to uh, defeat the French. And no place would be more fortified than the capital, Marchand Dessalines. There, Dessalines built five forts of equal size surrounding the city, so there was no angle for an invading army to attack without first meeting a fort. At the city's highest point, Dessalines built Fort Fin du Monde, which translates to the end of the world. There's also Fort Innocent, which was named after and placed under the command of Dessalines' oldest son. And then there was Fort Doko, Fort Flipped, and Fort Madame T, which was dedicated to Dessalines' wife. But the French never came. Instead of using military might to crush Haiti, the powers of Europe refused to trade with the island or even acknowledge its existence, making sure it was never able to really develop. 
Not long after the forts were built and the town of Marchand Dessalines was settled, Jean-Jacques Dessalines was assassinated. Some say it was by members of his own army, and some say the powers of Europe played a hand. Nobody knows for sure. What we do know is that after Dessalines' death, his namesake town wasn't the capital of Haiti for much longer. The country fell into a civil war, which is a really long story that could honestly be its own episode. But I bring it up because after that civil war, the city of Port-au-Prince became the capital of Haiti. And it's been that way for over 200 years. Dr. August explained to me that while Jean-Jacques Dessalines is widely understood as hugely important to Haitians, the town of Dessalines, not so much. The people from the locality, they knew the importance of it. And in the... They are very proud of it. But uh, generally, I would, I would say that Martian does not occupy a predominant place in the uh, psyche or the memory of Haitians, and which is a shame. Today, Marchand is a city of about 150,000 people that mostly work in agriculture. And all that remains from its days as the capital are the ruins of the forts that still surround the city. These forts now serve as minor tourist attractions in Haiti, kind of one of those things that those in the know check out. And in Marchand city center, there stands a statue of Jean-Jacques Dessalines, standing in his military uniform, holding his sword, and looking over his city. I would like to thank Dr. August for sitting down with me for today's episode. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was edited by Gianna Palmer. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. My name is Baudelaire. Witness Docs from Stitcher. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex, of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decodering, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.